Recovery College's podcast for June. My name's Stephanie and I'm the head of the college and if you don't know much about us we offer free courses on mental health and well-being for adults across Oxfordshire both online and in person and you can find out more about us by googling Oxfordshire Recovery College. This is a podcast about managing anxiety but it focuses on the courage and resilience we can develop while learning to manage it and how we can make anxiety our superpower. Anxiety can be really intense, really painful and really frightening. It's about feeling under threat and that rising sense of panic when you feel unsafe and unable to find any safe place. But you do learn to find that sense of safety again. You just have to. And that makes you brave. Matt Haig, novelist and author of Reasons to Stay Alive, says, Anxiety doesn't mean you aren't brave. Anxiety helps you become brave. Anxiety is a daily lesson in bravery. Anxiety is the courage of being scared of things and still doing them. You become great at fighting fire when you're standing amid the flames. Anxious people are really good people to have around. They make really good work colleagues and really good friends because the anxious mind is 10 steps ahead of everyone else in anticipating what's needed to keep themselves and those around them safe. As a work colleague, an anxious person is going to be well prepared, on time, organised and have thought of everything. As a friend, they're going to remember your birthday, they're going to call you regularly They're going to plan interesting places to meet up and interesting things to do. And they're really going to be there for you when you need them. People with anxiety are sensitive to everything around them and everyone else's feelings. It's their vulnerability, but it is also their strength. Anxiety is about caring a lot. Too much sometimes, but a lot all the time. And I wanted to have a conversation with Recovery College tutors Andy and Karen, who's also an employment and recovery coach at Banbury, about whether they agree with this idea that we can channel our anxiety to be a positive force. Yeah, I think you're right, Stephanie. Um, Certainly in my case this morning, I found myself thinking about this podcast. And because I care so much about doing things the right way and coming across well, I found myself kind of getting butterflies in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And I reminded myself that a couple of days ago, I picked up an article about anxiety being my superpower. Mm -hmm. And I read through it and I highlighted some things that I found particularly resonated with me. I made a few notes and then I set it to one side and I just read over those notes this morning. And that little bit of preparation helped to sort of counteract the maybe the anticipation or the mixture of a little bit of fear and worry that I'd say the right things and it really set me up this morning because then I could relax make my coffee enjoy the podcast sort of feeling like I'd done enough yes so you've sort of learned really that um that bit of preparation will help you it's a strategy isn't it it's something that um you can do and you know that if you do that you'll feel at ease 
and and ready. It certainly reduced the pressure which can provoke yes. my anxiety because planning often yes. does that. You know, it allows me to kind of take things one step at a time to sort of map out what I need to do in advance of something that kind of feels a little bit, you know, worrisome. And uh, although well, I know a lot about anxiety, I also know that the benefits of it are something that I feel really passionate about because it really yeah. has become a superpower for me. <laughs> Particularly. I, I think, yeah. Okay. Carry on, Andy. Yeah, making lists is really important. Again, I think, yes. again, kind of like forward planning because everyone has a, a busy day. Everyone's got, well, majority of people have like a, a plan of their day. Yeah. Whether it be uh, going to work, whether it be going to college, whether it be um, having to do something within a caring role or any other exercise, it could be shopping or anything. People have set mm. routines on things. So I think it's really important, obviously, to kind of like place self-identity on your own kind of superpower in managing your own calendar almost. So yeah. I think that's really important in understanding sort of anxiety because that can decrease anxiety in a lot yes. of ways, having a forward plan and having some kind of routines. And I think that's really important uh, with yes. people that have mental health problems because when you la lose that routine that's when things start to go wrong within people's lives or set yes. routines I think it's important to note that yeah definitely which creates anxiety uh, it does and I think um there's a, a being resilient and being able to deal with the ups and downs of life, a lot of that is about um, looking for a different way through things, isn't it? That if, if plan A doesn't work out, then you need to try plan B or plan C or find a different way to get there rather than giving up. And I think that the anxious brain sort of helps us to do that, that um, it if you're quite anxious about something, you are inclined to think through <laughs> every yeah. scenario that might happen and come Absolutely. up with, come up with a plan for all of them. So um, you're quite well prepared then if if something does go wrong, that you've already thought, you've already foreseen it going wrong, and you've foreseen lots of different things going wrong. So you've sort of already had a, a bit of a think about, you know, well, if... If you're going to an interview or something, if the bus doesn't come by 9.20, I'm going to <laughs> know exactly yeah. what other bus I could get at another bus stop because I'm still going to get there for 10. And if that bus stop doesn't work, then I know that I could just about run it if I had to. <laughs> you know, you've already thought it all through. And that must be um, a large part of your work, Karen, sort of helping people to think of goals and how they can achieve them um, using some elements of planning. Absolutely. And also uh, managing the risk or the sense of threat around mm -hmm. anything new. Um, yes. You know, natural anxiety goes along yeah. with, with risk, for example, and the um, anticipation of what the impact might be to a person who's longed longed for goal um yeah you know it also goes hand in hand with this sort of 
sense that what if it doesn't go well? What if I'm not yeah. up to it? They interpret the the sensations, if you like, and the thoughts, um, you know, that something that is unfamiliar right now won't be achievable. And of course, yes. with coaching, what we hope to do is potentially create a much more supportive environment and decrease the pressure that people feel to respond in automatic ways and to slightly change their view about something, especially if it's something they really want to do. And so we yes. break things down into very small steps for some people. And, and instead of viewing their anxiety as a negative, we coaches sort of try to work with people into sensing what would work for them, what about their environment or their situation would support them, who might help them, what the first yeah. step might be. We ask them to just, you know, take some time, map out a kind of route or a, a, a sort of pathway to success, and then we look yes. at it step by step. Yes, I think that's brilliant. That 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 really sort of resonates with me. That um, fear of things might go wrong, particularly if they're yeah. unfamiliar, and then sometimes that often that stops people even trying, doesn't it? So you've got to find yeah. ways around that of um, of of trying, even though you might fail, and you have to be really brave to do that. To, to try to get somewhere, even if you might not get there. I think often people don't try new things, but if you can channel your anxiety and find some steps that you can start moving towards a goal that you really want, it can be a real fuel, can't it, to sort of... Absolutely. And I think, again, sort of like in my experience, everybody's pathway forward and everyone's plan is different yeah no one's quite the same someone could be that they they have problems with structuring lists someone yes. could be that they have problems with interacting with other people and that yeah. causes them anxiety or within an employment environment it could be they have a problem with the management or it could be a problem with another staff member and again it's kind of like alleviating that risk assessing that uh, again kind yeah. of against the person and ensuring obviously the person's safe they feel comfortable they feel confident uh, they feel listened to yeah and that they're able to move forward with their mental health because mental health yeah. is such a gray area with anxiety it's only been the past two or three years that it's actually specifically men's mental health has come to the forefront really yeah and yeah. it's okay not to be okay it's okay yes. sometimes to, you know, feel overwhelmed by things. Absolutely. Again, kind of like it's important, uh, I think, uh, within any kind of, within anything really, not just employment, within any kind of um, scenario or any kind of planning. Yes. So um, Matt Haig, the writer um, who wrote Reasons to Stay Alive, which means a lot to a lot of people and writes a lot about anxiety and men's mental health and about how it makes you really brave. And, uh, and I've sort of realised quite recently that um, if you really have to face a crisis that makes you quite anxious, if there's no way out of it, um, that can make you really, really brave 
if you are you know forced into into living in a crisis um well, i mean i can i can do an example of that really yeah i mean currently i'm uh, a carer for both my parents and i'm sorting out three forms of housing for them yes um so i'm um, not only because my dad um has recently made a decision in his best interest to put him in a nursing home hmm. um and again kind of uh with that uh, I've also got to find housing for my mother and sell their home. So again, kind of that responsibility falls back on onto me because there isn't anybody else that's dealing with that. So again, I'm having to deal with solicitors and lots of different areas, which is causing me great anxiety. So yes. it's kind of like making lists and constantly chasing things up. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, what plans, you know, would people have if they come across that scenario situation and what resources would be available to them. Again, it's important to have this yeah. information for people. Um, you know, I mean, Age UK and again, kind of like Carers Oxfordshire are useful sort of resources that uh, offer support. But again, kind of, that's not kind of like consistent. It's not, that's not there all the time and the anxiety around that, I find it quite intensive you know sort of managing my yes. own kind of mental health absolutely i mean that is a really good example andy of a crisis situation that you can't just ignore you can't just say i'm just not going to deal with this you've got to deal with it and so that absolutely. makes you do that planning and that research into okay so i've got to deal with this so who can help me where can i get the support um People would like to walk away from a situation like that, but you can't, yeah. can you? So you have to find those reserves within you to um, to deal with it. It must be really hard. But then you have to, yeah, absolutely. And then you have to kind of manage your own kind of your own stuff as well. So you're managing yes. to, to other people's income. I mean, yeah. I'm managing the financial uh the financial stress for my parents again kind of like in the resourcing around them but you're also managing your own care and your own your own kind of employment education and your own management of your life and that kind of, you get kind of detracted and I think it's important to note that with um specifically with the role of the tutoring at, at the recovery college is mm. that the staff are very supportive around kind of that area and it's part of the teaching program is to support that and it's again to kind of support the individual um, yeah. with the role of the carer but also their own mental health and also you know their ability to offer courses within their own narrative their yes. own experiences of managing that yes is there anything that you do that particularly helps you um, sort of limit your anxiety, maintain your mental health in a stressful situation? Hmm. I, I mentalise quite a lot. So I, I, I do meditation um, okay. as, a, as a platform for, uh, for kind of managing it sometimes. I also exercise, so I'm very... Uh, into my exercise and yeah. I try and sort of manage it through that cooking um uh, watching films um socializing which has been obviously more difficult with um the pandemic yes um I think it's I, I find lists and again kind of like I'm a bit of a structuralized person in the sense that uh there's a time and a place 
and away. So I tend to use quite a lot of calendars, you know, just to keep me updated. Okay. Sometimes we all get a bit forgetful, I think, within mm-hmm. when we're doing a lot of different things at the same time. So I tend to use calendars or lists or, you know, reminders just so it keeps me sort of like in the loop of where I am really, but also allow myself that time uh, with a few hours in the evening or a few hours in the morning to really reflect on my own self really and how how I am today and asking yeah. how I am really. I think that's really important. I think that's something people don't get the opportunity to do um, uh, within life a lot of the time because it's very, very fast paced. And again, very people get almost lost within their own self, um, yeah. you know, in managing uh, situations within crisis. So I think it's important to know that you need you need a good hour or a couple of hours to kind of, you know, reflect and sort of look back on what you're doing the following day or what you have done. But sometimes mm. it's not easy to do that when you're anxious. Sometimes it's hard to calm down yes. uh, with, when you feel like that. Mm. So finding that time to um, mm-hmm. reflect and take a different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, Andy. I think the more anxiety we have, the more our thoughts can just bounce around from one topic to the next or one mm. um, you know, possible decision to the next or where to put our priorities. And I know that for myself, the more thoughts I entertain, the more I kind of can worry about what's the next right thing to do so I've sort of trained myself and I've been lucky enough to be trained by the recovery college in the early days when it first started to become a tutor and I found some of the college courses really really helpful you know especially the ones around um kind of unhelpful thinking and how I might convert some of the the sort of automatic um, things that I do mentally in in terms of self-talk and self-doubt particularly to sort of work through what actually helps me to get in touch with my sort of inner knowing or inner coach, if you like. (laughs) Because when I experience a tremendous amount of anxiety, I know that that can be converted to, to, to help me to take action and, yes. and often the right answer just grabs my attention by sending me a strong dose of fear or anxiety. Potentially, when that happens, like you, I, I, I know that the best response is to, to not judge that as a negative feeling, but to just mm. understand that it's a signal um, mm. for me to really sort of stop, take a breath, And I found a really beautiful video by Dr. Alan Watts called Breathe. And actually, it's it's, it's, it's sort of like a life hack video. And he taught um, in a TED talk people how to just stop and breathe. And he used this fantastic acronym, B-R-E-A-T-H-E, which stands for breathe regularly, evenly through your heart every day. And he showed us scientifically what happens to the whole system and particularly the mind. And it convinced me that if I just learned that technique in the moment of agitation or doubt to stop, take those breaths, 
slow myself down like I did this morning before this podcast (laughs) and then I kind of access a, a level of trust and that's the only thing I've ever found you know to really counteract that super dose you know which can feel very intense when I'm facing what the Chinese call opportunity but which I used to sense as a threat physically do you use any sort of breathing techniques, Andy? 7-Eleven uh, uh, approach to breathing, sort of like when I when I feel kind of overwhelmed or I feel kind of extremely anxious, where I'll breathe in for seven seconds and then breathe out okay. for 11. But there yeah. are various, yeah, I mean, there are various other breathing techniques that are quite, that are available on YouTube or um, yeah. you can like look out on various uh, websites that people use but I find that one quite effective for me but everybody's different with their anxiety and absolutely and I think it also depends on the level of perceived threat or, or potentially the yes. situation I first learned about breathing when I attended an active birth for um for childbirth yes. class yes and my son yes. is going to be 21 this summer so that's wow. a long time ago <laughs> but yes. I, I was a first time mum and they taught us in this yoga class which was active birth how to breathe so that we could um, really work through the sensations which they called pain <laughs> and and yes. to really learn to manage those physical sensations through breath now, I'm not going to regale you with my horror story, but my son was a posterior. It took 72 hours between my first contraction and oh him being Lord. delivered. <laughs> and it was it was a really interesting, uh, you know, situation. But the breathing, yes, the breathing really helped me to, to 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 sort of not necessarily embrace it, but to sort of know that I had a coping strategy, mm-hmm. a, a really powerful yeah really powerful tool to 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 kind of not just push through the anxieties of the unknown but to literally you know keep my strength so that I could successfully deliver in the way that I wanted to which was you know which was uh, you know in the end a, a very happy outcome for me. I think that is a really good example Karen because um, you could you could see sort of lots of things in life as a bit like a birth, couldn't you, as well? That you're, um, you know, to get to a new place, you have to go through a bit of a terrifying time and you need some strategies to get through that, like you use breathing in labour. And um, another thing that I've learned about anxiety is that it does come and go, like labour. And if you think about it, I've got to get through this contraction and then I'm going to have a little break. And it's, I think, similar with anxiety sometimes. That I can feel my panic rising and I can mm. feel my thoughts catastrophizing. But I just have to remember, just go get through it. Use your breathing. Use your thought checking to look at those catastrophizing thoughts. And remember that in about half an hour, probably feel a little bit better again. And I'll have a little break. Another form of uh, uh, release, uh, and people use quite a lot, is music. Yes. I I think music is one of the biggest, actually, in self-management of anxiety. And I found kind of like a really, really difficult stages of my life. Uh, Music has 
like been a predominant factor almost like a savior yes kind of, through the pandemic um yes. again kind of like in support of anxiety again if if you can't exercise well i've, I've found that music's been you know a godsend in relation to kind of relaxing the mind Definitely. uh in service oh, it's it's a lot of people use music i mean i've come across a lot of people uh, that use music and again it's easy accessible it's not seen as different it's not seen as challenging specifically because everyone likes music absolutely but it can be good to have like a playlist can't it that you think right if i'm feeling quite stressed i'm going to put this playlist on because i know that these are the songs that are going to sort of calm me down and help me take a bit of a new perspective. Um, so yeah. that's a useful strategy, isn't it, to think, well, I've got this playlist, so that's another thing that I can turn to um, if I need it. People use that in labour as well, actually, don't they? They do, they do. Yeah. I created a, a for, for, for some, when they sent me from home from hospital, we created a, a playlist to distract me. And I think distraction... Yeah. It's a really another really powerful tool because yes. you know when I'm absorbed in some activity, something that takes my mind away from the thoughts, um, I yes. get much more relief. And often yes. that's really what anxiety wants. It wants relief from agitation and from doubt. And 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 yes. you know what? When I feel anxious, it really does bring me face to face with that self doubt, and it can take yes. time and effort to work through my fears and my doubts but it really is helpful when I do that um you know that that practice of choosing something helpful to absorb me I'm currently listening to the Harry Potter series on Audible and I find (laughs) even though I've read them and I've heard the stories you know in the first lockdown they really supported me and as I was driving my father to the the cancer radiation therapy and him as well and and I'm finding myself here a year later listening to those stories again as I go for my walks out in nature because I can't do anything to change the fact that he his treatment hasn't worked Mm. that he's he's Mm. still really poorly um but but having those distractions enables me to just keep my energy and my spirits up and I think that's a really important thing to say that the the kind of spirit if you like the, the, the part of me that wants to be well and happy and alive and capable and do my job and be a good mum and wife and daughter, you know, I have a responsibility to myself to do that, you know, to share, you know, moments in time with those when I'm with them, but when I'm on my own to not be constantly in a state of worry, anxiety and doubt. And that is about channeling it as your superpower, isn't it? Because you really want, I like your list there, that you really want to be the best um, wife and daughter and mother and friend and work colleague that you can be. So you're fueling that with by making sure that you've got strategies to cope with all all those things. Um, but you also um, need to be you. I think the important thing is you need to be you as well when you're dealing yeah. with things that like with anxiety yes. and you're dealing with the management of anxiety. I think the whole thing about being a superpower, the most important thing is don't lose sight of who you are. Don't lose yes. your own self-identity through it. It's important yes. that you still maintain yourself 
through it and you give yourself you know pats on the back you give yourself that yes. that kind of reassurance that you are yes. worthy yes and sometimes as karen said you might have to work on that and you might have oh, to yeah, remind absolutely. yourself of all those things that you have done <laughs> well and can do absolutely you know I, i'm laughing because i'm remembering something that my dad has always said to me which is to succeed in life you need three things a wishbone a backbone and a funny bone and you need to improve your memory Karen because you have all three and uh, it's such a it's such a lovely um, reminder I love that. yeah yes. I think it's um Reba McIntyre the the the, the quote came from and okay. and we we often share you know positive kind of reframing I learned that from him you know um, he's a great fan of people like Winston Churchill who says things like if oh, you're wow. going through hell keep going or you know yes. it's always yes. darkest before the yeah. dawn and he's yes. full of these truths that really help me to counteract you know those thoughts that seem Brilliant. so real but you know what? The the very best thing he's ever taught me, which I often um, sort of do in my coaching, is is to remind people that he says, my dad says, false evidence can appear real, F E A R, but actually, oh, that's if we, brilliant. If we face yeah. everything and recover, yeah. we can find a way through, and that's 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 the key for my success. You know that idea that. If I get these things in balance, this, you know, the, the desires that I have, you know, the strength that I have and these, yeah. the, I guess in a way, you know, that, you know, uh, trust that I was talking about earlier, that things yeah. will be okay in the end. And if they're not, yeah. it's not the end. I love that. I find that really helpful. That's my favorite little mantra. It, it'll be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. I I really find that very helpful. But I want to come back to two things there, Karen. Your dad sounds brilliant. Uh, such a good person to learn from. Um, I go through the wishbone again. So you need a oh, yeah. wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone. That's right. That's what success is in life. If you need. And what's what's the wishbone then? Well, to me, the wishbone is that open-mindedness because sometimes right. my anxiety is so forceful, it kind of yes. contracts my thinking. This is going to happen. This is the only way it's going to happen. They obviously yes. don't. And it's that, that self-doubt that can come in, you know, the fears I was talking about. So yes. by choosing to look at things slightly differently by like Andy said writing things down on paper you know yes. separating the thoughts out and and yes. choosing to view them with more clarity more open-mindedness that wishbone is it's not about magical thinking it's more about what else could this be about what yes. else could this person's yes. comment to me be about why haven't they given me the thing that I've asked for you know in work people who come to coaching often feel really like a sense of injustice and unfairness yes. they've made a reasonable request for an adjustment for example for their mental health and they're just not getting the answers that they really want. So when I yes. said, what else could this be about? Why else could there be this sort of situation? What, yes. could, what could it really also be about? It kind of 
stops people in their tracks from believing falsely, yeah. like I said earlier, that the evidence that appears real to them is actually true because thoughts yes. aren't facts. Absolutely. I yeah. think that I love that um, false evidence appears real. And I think writing particularly helps me. If you write yeah. down a thought, such as you're saying, well, why why didn't I get this? Why didn't this happen for me? If you write it down, um, I find that really helpful to then uh, look at it and think, well, is there really any evidence for this? And can we think of some evidence where things have gone well and sort of check it all through? I, 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 I talking, find writing yeah. helpful. Yeah. I've and been talking. talking to it as well. Yeah, you say yes. talking to it. I mean, that's used quite a lot in therapy. And yes. quite a lot with, with coaching, actually talking to it. If you can't see it, it's the visually, fear. Yes. The fear, yeah. Yes. Talking to it actually can help a hell of a lot as well. So really addressing it and sort of saying, okay, so this didn't happen, this thing that I wanted. So let's yeah. have a look. Let's let's really let's think. Let's move about forward that. with it. Let's think yes. about it. Let's look at it. Did this actually Not avoid happen? It. Yes. What, what can I do to make this different? How can I reduce this? How can yes. I minimize this? How can I how can I um, change the situation? How can I alleviate this? How can this come down? What Again, can be here? Yeah. Yeah. What can I do that will get around this in a different way? Um, it can be a lot harder to do when fear is really uh, knocking yes. very loudly on on our door. You know, like That's, my attention yeah. is often really focused on the worst outcome and yes. what, what does what does anxiety get me to do you know how can I use it this was the key yes. for me I have to say that the best response that I ever learned when I'm experiencing intense emotions is that slowing down and giving the negative feeling that attention that Andy talked about yes. because yeah. I used to ignore it I used yes. to ignore it. I push it to one side, almost like yeah. counteract the fear, for example, and push ahead. But I was also a bit impulsive when it came to making decisions. Mm. And I mm. often feel like when there's this sensation, that I have to act right now and make the right choice. But there's a few in front of me. You know, they're in the, I have to really work quite hard at slowing down and listening yes. to what's underneath that anxiety. But I do yeah. know that I have to choose to do that yes. in order to ask my unconscious mind, what's the next right action? And usually yes. the breathing really helps. The planning yes. really yes. helps. Trusting myself really helps. But like I did when I was a young mother, finding some support, finding yeah. some teachers, finding yeah. a group, a tribe, for example, yeah, and I guess that's what we try and do at the Recovery College, really, isn't it? To sort of give people that community, that um, group of like-minded people. We've all struggled and we've all come through it, and that's that's what we try to, to give people. Karen, I'm really interested in another idea that you've alluded to quite a few times, which is this idea of, of reframing anxiety as excitement, which I think is just a... It's really revolutionary, I think. It's really changed sort of the way I think about it, to think that, you know, if you're if you're trying to get somewhere and you feel these butterflies and this fear, just to think, 
Okay, the, I'm frightened because I'm trying something new, but let's call it excitement. Instead, I'm excited about this. This is something, you know, that I want and that I might might be able to get towards. Um, so I think that's really revolutionary, but interesting. And I'm guessing that's what athletes must do, I suppose, to sort of think, you know, they've got to channel their their fear and their energy into trying to win this event that's they're, they're not that likely to win but they've got to believe in it and sort of channel that to um to get there adrenaline a lot of it is yes. adrenaline Using it's like if it. you walk into yeah if you walk into a crowd of people yes uh, now and like they've got masks on or they're you know they're they're you know hugging or they're you know it's it's not it's not deemed as normal now so it could be quite anxiety provoking for a lot of people so it's kind of that adrenaline that you're going to get from that and again kind of like it is going to cause you some anxiety but the important thing is it's positive anxiety in some ways because you're challenging your own self yes you know on what you're doing it's like like you said job interviews that you said you know kind of around tricky situations where you don't know what the outcome is well, yeah, you don't know exactly. what's going to happen. You don't exactly. know what you're going to walk into. And again, Absolutely. kind of like that's important sort of like around to, to know that that adrenaline that people have kind of like before that can be used in a positive way. Yeah. So to try to think, so, you know, this is an, uh, as an anxious situation. I don't know what the outcome is. I think that's important. Yeah, I don't know what the outcome is. So it's not surprising that I'm feeling a little bit anxious. But let's say that is actually excitement because this might be a really good thing that I'm trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I agree. The nervous energy can be really, really productive when channeled correctly. And yeah. we, we can, do it now. Yeah. You know, we, yes. we use this active energy to sort of like yes. help us to get creative, to take exactly. on a particular task. You know, that requires you know, consistent attention and a focus that's open, flexible. I loved your idea of the fast-moving athletes because they have to be totally tunnel-visioned and use that active energy, you know, to basically to help them to power through and to to channel that into being as productive and efficient as possible. And I I love the idea that it also inspires others to to pick up their own pace, you know, when they see somebody like that. You know, my dad is a golfer. And he's he he really really loves Gary Player, and he 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 loves um again going back to this reframing, saying you know that um, Gary Player was once quoted in an interview when somebody said to him, "Oh, you've been really lucky." He said, "Yes." He said, "I have been lucky, but I find the more I practice, the luckier I get." <laughs> yeah, funny. I mean that's the additive. <laughs> the harder things yes. are, the first time you do it, the easier they get. The more you do it, and again, the more you challenge yourself. With yeah, your own, that, is, yeah, with your own um, insecurities or your own fears or your own anxiety, yes. it, can, it can formulate in a way where you're, you know, mirroring or you're modelling to other people um, yes. how that feels and it inspires people. That really is using anxiety as your superpower, isn't it? Yes, to channel it you is. into trying something new. And to feel that fear and do it anyway, that you're going to get there and that inspires other people. I think there's something around happiness requires us to push through the anxieties of the unknown 
And yes. the more we do this, the easier it gets and the more successful, confident and trusting of ourselves we become. And it, it reminded me, I wrote a, a little quote down here, which was to do with the word satisfaction. Satisfaction mm-hmm. is broken up into two parts, status and faction. And yeah. that comes from the Latin. Status is the word for enough. And obviously action is about taking action. So with enough mm. willingness and enough action, we get satisfaction. Brilliant. Yes. And so we can use the excitement and the anxiety to sort of fuel that to taking action, enough action um, to get somewhere. Indeed. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, you wouldn't, if you didn't have that bit of anxiety to fuel you, you wouldn't reach a goal that you want to go to. You wouldn't reach that sense of happiness. I got so much out of talking to Karen and Andy and I thought you might like to hear country singer Reba McIntyre as referenced by Karen's dad talking about those three bones you need in her own words. I guess the the three bones you got to have, the wishbone, funny bone and a backbone, it's very important because a wishbone, you've got to have goals. You set goals for yourself. I always have to have something to look forward to. I wish for things. Um, and I think once you say it out loud and get it out into the universe, it uh, you have your helpers and then your subconscious takes over and, and things work out. And then your backbone is your drive. And that helps you to get the fortitude and make it happen. Um, funny bone, you got to have a sense of humor about things. When things go wrong, I mean, you can drive yourself, you can drive yourself crazy by saying, I, I got to fix it. I got to make it better and really kick yourself in the butt sometimes when you do things wrong. Oh man, I, I, that was awful. I didn't hit my note. Don't sweat the small stuff. Kind of go on with things. Just do better next time. To finish the podcast, I just want to say that I know that coping with anxiety, whether it's because you're dealing with a really difficult and stressful situation or whether it's part of who you are, It's not easy. I know it's not easy. But I hope we've given you a little bit of food for thought here about how sometimes we can learn to channel that anxiety and make it our superpower. Brought to you by Oxfordshire Recovery College.